Greetings. Welcome to the assembly. You've been asking yourself a question for a while now. What is the point of all this? Why are things so difficult? Maybe you've been asking a different question like, how can I improve myself? Why am I being held back? Maybe a different question dominates your mind. How do I defeat my weaknesses? Who is standing in my way? Who is this shadow that keeps inhibiting me from doing what I really want to do? And today we'll discuss this idea. The shadow self. So buckle up, hold on, because we're going in deep today. Deep into your shadow. This isn't a new idea. This isn't something I created or invented. And it's not a fantasy topic. The shadow is real. Whenever you stand out in the sunlight, your physical body will cast a shadow. The sunlight will be absorbed and reflected off of your skin and clothing. And then there will be a dark spot on the ground under you. And this is a physical representation of the shadow self. And this is the idea that we'll be exploring today. So there are many of us that walk around and deny the existence of our shadow. We pretend to be good. We turn a blind eye toward negative thoughts and we walk along with our hands in our pockets, whistling, acting like everything's just fine. We're running from our shadow when we do this. And you feed it when you do that because the shadow self thrives on self-denial it thrives on insecurity and in a word fear fear of the unknown fear of others fear of the future and fear is derived from insecurity and an unknowing and this is very symbolic of the shadow self because the shadow self can't see, can't know, can't love because it's in the dark. So if you inhabit a physical form, throwing a shadow onto the ground is a guarantee. <clears throat> Being a person Having a hidden self or a shadow self is also a guarantee. However, 
if you were to have a very powerful light in your hands, you could illuminate a shadow on the ground. You could dissolve it. And likewise, through reflection, observation, and through a kindness and a sort of gentle welcoming, you can explore your shadow self. There are many images that are conjured up when I discuss this idea. And the most potent image I see is a child in the dark, kind of alone and afraid, clinging to their stuffed animal or their blanket. And they've been crying, but they're exhausted, and so they cannot cry anymore. And they're very volatile. They can be angry. They can lash out. And each of us has a portion of ourself that resonates with this idea. It's very important to get to know this part of yourself for a variety of reasons, and I'll lay them out. And we will discuss why it's important and then what can occur when we reabsorb that shadow self. But first, we will discuss what happens when you deny the existence of a shadow self. When you deny the presence of something, you allow it to grow stronger. You allow it to take control and you allow it to plant seeds in the subconscious mind. And then you give control to the shadow self when you've been drinking, when you're very tired or very hungry or exhausted or stressed or triggered in any fashion. And like a cell dividing into two, the shadow self can gain autonomy and a separation and this is where you have people with split personality. And this is a very scary thing indeed. Multiple personality disorder is a perfect example of what happens when you ignore the shadow self and allow it to propagate. And like a cluster of grapes being formed over time, someone can develop multiple personalities. Now we'll take a step back into the more mainstream ideas, the more normal everyman, shadow. All of us have moods. We all have moods. We can be very happy and whimsical, or we can be very somber and serious. We can be very giving and kind or very angry and punishing. If we do the work necessary to inhabit our shadow self and collect it and unify our personality, then what we will experience as a person is sort of a melding, a leveling out and an equalization. We will discover 
the richness of our character and we will gain more control over our outcomes. We will be less likely to injure others with words or actions and we will have more control over our destiny and our future. In short, we will be more grounded and more capable if we embrace our shadow self. But the problem is that many of us do not do this because we don't acknowledge the existence. And in many ways, modern society has allowed worship of our emotions to take place, meaning we have to respect our emotions and we need to play them out. And this can be witnessed in a variety of ways in the younger generation, the online social media generation. We give the right away to our emotions. And is this the right thing to do? Well, I'll let you be the judge of that. Look at the outcomes. Look at people's lives. Look at the divorce rates, for instance, or incidents of violence. And much like we have given in America the pedestrian the right-of-way, and they take it for granted now. They don't look up when they cross the road. Oftentimes the head is down and they just go and it's up to the car driver to really stop, pay super close attention or else you're at fault. But if there is a collision, we all know what happens. The driver is not physically injured, yet the walker or the pedestrian is injured. And this is a crude example, but an example to give you a visual idea of what happens when we let our emotions run our lives. Sure, we can do that. We can say it's justified. We can give in to our emotions. That's allowed. In fact, in this land, we are given the freedom to express ourselves. We are given the freedom to do a lot of things. And so if we wish to follow our emotions, fine. And in many ways, we're being taught to do it. A lot of the shows, and movies, and cartoons, they teach us to follow our heart, to chase romance, to do what makes us happy. But like all things, there needs to be balance. And like all things, just because you can do something doesn't mean it's actually good for you or good for anyone else in the long run. And so any responsible person will have reservations when it comes to following pure emotion. Now we have the other side of things and we think of the 1950s idea of repressing your emotions, being very controlled and very modest. You want to be assimilated perfectly into society. You don't want to stand out 
And so this is the other side of things. Do we repress our emotions? Is that what I'm saying to do? No, because you can see a lot of bad outcomes. When we take medication to repress our emotions, bad things happen. We eventually feed the shadow when we do this. Should we deny who we are in order to fit in? No, we feed the shadow when we do this. But just as we feed the shadow when we repress ourselves, we grow the shadow when we allow emotions to lead our life. And so there's some complex ideas that I'm trying to weave together here. And if you will bear with me, we're going to make it make real sense in the end of this podcast. We have to examine what we're taught and what end these leads us to. We have to examine what the purpose of these ideas is. And if you notice, that was really sloppy wording. But I'm not censoring myself. I'm just kind of letting these ideas come out as they come out. If you allow your emotions to run your life, they will most likely ruin you because your emotions are a visceral flame. However, if you repress your emotions and you extinguish that flame, bad things can also occur. And so there should be a marriage of intellect and emotions. Or another way to say this is a unification of the mind and the heart. And in the chakra system, these two points of light are connected through the voice, through the throat chakra. And if one is run by their emotions in the lower centers, in the gut, these are very fearful based emotions, very volatile, very reactive. And then if we move up more into the heart, then these are the more love-based emotions. And these are more based on generosity, equanimity, calmness, giving, charity. True love is in fact a selflessness and a giving. And then if we rise up into the pineal gland, we see the vast plan of all things. We can chart out many meanings that would be lost living in an emotional state. And so really there's a blending and a richness and a complexity here that I'm trying to show you. The human being is capable of living in the gut and being very reactive and fearful. A human being is also capable of living in the brain and being very analytical. But neither is completely fulfilling. And so we want the energy to flow through these systems and balance and dictate from points of multiple levels of awareness. 
And when we do this, we reach a new level of understanding. And the shadow begins to be held by you. And you look at your dark side. You look at what you would be capable of if you were very upset in a safe and insulated manner. You look at it and observe it without acting it out. And this can really only be done in a reflective state or a meditative state. If you're watching a movie, it doesn't give you time to reflect. If you're working hard, you don't have time to reflect. If you're driving around, you don't have time to reflect. Really reflecting and meditating on your shadow can only be done in a, ref in a meditative state, sitting quietly by yourself, thinking about your life. And you could say to yourself, I'd like to see my shadow. I'd like to see what I would be capable of in a darker context. What could I do if I was very hurt or very angry or very sad? And then observe and don't identify with it and don't try to diminish it, just observe. And then when the scenes have played out, you'll probably think it through and think mm, no good outcomes could come from any of this. Destruction breeds destruction. Hate breeds hate. Hurt breeds hurt. And so if I was to act out all of these things, what good could come of it in my life? And then you could ask the question, is there a way for me to convey to myself true meaning and true discernment and embracing my shadow? And then you can get somewhere. And it's a multi-step process. It can take days or weeks or years even. Because some of us have so repressed our shadow self that it's like an alien creature at this point. It's like an arsenal, just ready to be unlocked. And so I'm gonna talk about things in a different context now. We're gonna talk about the same idea, but we're gonna use very like basic wording. When someone represses their emotions, when someone is a doormat, then bad things can happen if they become unhinged. So what usually happens is that people go through their life and do their thing and then they get really drunk and then let it all out. Or they reach their boiling point or their breaking point. We all have a point at which we would snap, all of us. The idea here is that if you work on it, then that point at which you would snap, it gets farther and farther up, meaning your strength to hold yourself together increases. Your tolerance increases. And then you will be better able and more capable to make good decisions and good outcomes for your life. And if you have family and friends, this is vitally important vitally important. How many times have we seen in the news the father who kills his family and then commits suicide? Way too many times. 
way too many times. And you have to wonder, why did he do that? How was that even an option? Well, I'm telling you. I'm telling you exactly how that happened. That person was most likely a normal guy. And he was a doormat. He did not explore his shadow. He repressed and repressed and repressed. He denied and denied and denied. And then he reached his boiling point. And in his boiling point, he did the most awful, unspeakable thing that anyone could do. And if you think that you're not capable of that, and if you think that you would never do that, I would encourage you to explore. Explore your shadow. Because we all have one. We're human, after all. We are a wild and violent species capable of atrocity and yet we are also a generous and beautiful and gentle species capable of incredible kindness there's a range there and so I want to bring it to this point where we can kind of make sense of it Spiritual growth is not taught in school. It just simply isn't. If you want spiritual growth, your options are kind of like mm, join a church, join a temple. You can study any of the faith systems. But many of these are sort of complicated and they are indoctrinated into certain systems. And a lot of them encourage groupthink, which I'm not a fan of. And a lot of them encourage that you show up and listen to some guy tell you things. And then a lot of them require money. And they sort of thrive off, off of the money. And so what I'm going to advocate now is that you can explore spiritual growth all by yourself no book no movie none of that's necessary and this is very ancient techniques this is very like intrinsic to being a human being in an hour of meditation you could discover more about yourself than you ever thought possible you could unlock secrets to the universe. You could contemplate all kinds of things. But most people can't do that. And so you might want to start with 10 minutes. Make it a practice. Make it a habit. And most people get frustrated with meditation and they give up. They don't like the chatter. They feel negative emotions come up. And that's exactly what I'm saying. These negative emotions, negative feelings... This anxiety that comes up as soon as someone starts to meditate this is the shadow coming up through the surface to say hello and they're upset they're mad because they've been ignored and I would be too if I was ignored for 20 years I would be a little upset wouldn't you and so when we meditate 
when we turn off all distractions, when we close our eyes, when we sit and focus on our breath, and when we ask questions, that's a very important part of meditation that I don't think a lot of people talk about. You have to set an intention. You have to ask a question or a series of questions at the onset. And then you sit and wait. And so there are various meditations you can do. You can meditate on death, on the idea of dying and mortality. You can meditate on success, on what success even means for you. In this instance, we could meditate on the shadow self. We could explore our shadow. And as ugly and scary as you may think it is, it is vitally necessary. It's like food or water or oxygen. It's necessary to look at your shadow, to accept it, and to heal it. This is the big step, to heal it. Because we're not just going to look at it and say, okay, that's a part of me. I could murder-suicide my family. No problem there. No, that's a pretty serious problem. If you're doing your meditation and you find out that you have some really violent impulses, and you find out that you have a lot of repressed anger, or you just keep replaying an altercation in your mind, you need to heal it. And how do we heal it? Well, first we listen, we sit and observe. And then from a point of knowledge and awareness, we speak to it. And I encourage you to actually speak just as I'm speaking now, use your voice in meditation. Another thing that I think a lot of people don't say that you can do, in meditation you are allowed to talk. You are allowed to talk. And you're allowed to talk to your shadow. In this case, I'm encouraging it. You listen to your shadow and you see what it shows you. And then you talk to it and you say, okay shadow, I've seen that you're really upset about what happened last week. Now let me talk to you. Let's work through this. Okay. And then just from a logical point of view, you try to balance the equation from a higher state of emotions, meaning the heart level, the love level, you focus on forgiving that situation or that energy, whatever it may be. It's math. It's mathematics. If your shadow is a negative three, a factor of negative three, and you're carrying that around with you, and you're not dealing with it, you're not balancing the equation, it will grow to a factor of negative four, and then a factor of negative five. And let's just say if it reaches factor negative 44, you could commit a crime. If it reaches a factor of negative 88, you could do something quite awful. And so in meditation, we have to balance that equation. Once it reaches negative four, we have to look at it and say, okay, what's going on, Shadow? What are you upset about today? And then talk to it, heal it, offer it some forgiveness. And then you can actually visualize. You can visualize your Shadow Self, however you want to visualize it. Maybe it just looks like you, but you're upset, right? Maybe it looks like a little puppy or a little kid. Maybe it looks like a younger version of yourself. Whatever you choose, you visualize it, you see it there. And instead of turning away and locking it back in the closet and turning off the lights, you pick it up. 
pick it up and hold it. Give it a hug. You swing it around a little bit and carry it. And you take it outside. And you talk to it. This is a very basic and easy way to heal yourself of trauma. This system could actually turn your whole life around if you utilize it. You may notice that the world treats you differently after you do this meditation because you will be different. You will bring different energy from people. Have you ever wondered like what people's problems are when you go out and you say, man, why is everyone being a jerk to me today? Well, your shadow self is magnetizing those situations to you. Those people don't see you, they see your shadow self. And so they're kind of, you know, a little bit snarky or maybe they've got their guards up or maybe you're interpreting what they're saying through that shadow and it becomes distorted and they're seeing you through that shadow and so what they see is distorted. Have you ever had a day where everything you say comes out wrong? Sit down and do this meditation, you'll love it. And so I'll guide you through it one more time. Repetition helps to help build this understanding. So we'll call this the shadow meditation and I will outline it. Step one, you have to block out some time, 20 minutes, okay, an hour, 10 minutes, whatever time you give, you will get the equal returns on that time. Next step, put all distractions away, all electrical devices away, lights low, get quiet. And if, if there's sound that you can't do anything about, you have to tell yourself any sound I hear will just put me deeper into this meditation. The leaf blowers outside will help me to relax. The refrigerator humming won't even bother me, whatever it is. That's a command that you can tell yourself to get yourself in a meditative state. And then you say, okay, self, today we're gonna meditate. Our intention is to unify with our shadow self, to heal our shadow self, and to become one being of pure potential. And I want to be the director of my life, okay? Next thing you do, you visualize yourself going into a closet, opening the door, and there's your shadow self. It's a little puppy, and it's hungry, and it's thirsty, and it's been waiting for you. You pick up that puppy, and you say, hey, puppy, we're going to go, and you want to go outside. I have some water and food out there, and let's sit in the sunshine for a while. You, you take your time with this visualization. Don't rush through it. I'm outlining, so I'm sort of rushing. Take your puppy outside, hold it, give it some water, give it some food, and then just hold it there. And then you can say, we are one, we are one. That's one example. Another example could be you go to your shadow self and it's like you, it looks like you. And you say, hey, what are you upset about? And then listen, see what comes up. Let the answers come up because they will be there. And it could be a thing that happened last week. It could be something that's been bothering you for a long time. It could be a relationship that you're unhappy with. If you, if you keep doing this, you'll find that you'll go deeper and deeper into the past. And you may find that you have major problems with something that happened when you were a kid. Or whatever it is. Whatever it is. Now... I'm going to have to put a disclaimer here. 
because meditation is very powerful. You don't want to get locked into your shadow self and then come right back into normal waking state. That can be really dangerous. Your job is not to allow the shadow to come and gain control of your life. It's the opposite. And so you must complete this meditation. It's not something you can do halfway through or else you could put yourself in danger and you could have really bad outcomes and you could actually be in bad danger if you go out driving and the shadow self is driving. And so listen to the rest of this. This is vital. And so you're talking to your shadow. You say, what's wrong? It tells you. And now it's your turn to talk. And you hold your shadow and say, listen, I'm in control now. I've got you. I've got this. I'm going to do better for you. We're going to heal this. I'm going to call upon my highest self. Oh, and this is new. This is new. So a lot of you didn't know that you had a highest self. Maybe some of you do know that. But did you know that you can call upon your highest self, your most powerful self? Just like you have a shadow, you also have a light. And this light, I just simply call it my highest self. And you tell your shadow, listen, I'm going to call my highest self now. And I put my highest self in the captain's chair. And you feel that difference. You breathe it in and it feels calm, feels soothing. And you say, listen, shadow, highest self has got us now. Highest self knows what's right and knows what's good. And I'm gonna put my highest self in control today. And we are both gonna listen to the highest self. My highest self knows what's right and knows what's good. My highest self would never hurt anyone. It would never set me up for disappointment or heartbreak. My highest self has seen it all, has done it all, and it knows. It can see far into the future, and it can see way into the past, and it can make sense of everything. Because what we need is comprehension. We need to understand. And so anytime you meditate, anytime you meditate, it's very, 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 very important to put your highest self in control upon exiting your meditation. Before you exit, you need to put your highest self in control with a command. And it's so simple. If you don't do this, things can go very bad. And I'm not being hyperbolic, I'm not exaggerating. I'm being serious, deadly serious right now. And so you call upon your highest self and this is a tool that you can use anytime you want. This is a tool that you should use every time you meditate. This is a command you can use when you rise up out of bed, before you go to sleep, before you get in the car. You can say, I, whoever my name is, me, I call upon my highest self. I call upon my highest state of being. I call upon my brightest, most beautiful self. And I am here with me now. And then you accept it. You take a breath. And this is like insta-healing. Insta-connection. 
and the shadow is drowned out with light and it's healed and you have cohesiveness again. These shadows can be very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. If you can't see what's on the road in front of you, there could be ice that cause a car accident. There could be a big hole you fall into and break your ankle. And this is symbolic of when we let our shadow self operate our life, they don't care about us. They don't realize the consequences. Whereas your highest self or your essence of light or whatever you want to call it, really, your positive state of being really will care about you. It really will protect you. It will keep you safe. It will keep you growing. And this is the onset of where we will talk about a lot of great things in upcoming podcasts. I'm going to give you the codes you need to turn meditation into an easy and very usable tool. You're going to be able to change your life with a snap of a finger. With one command, you can change your being. So, I know that was a lot of information today. It was a lot. But, to repeat, we have a shadow. It's important that we heal it. And there's a very practical, easy way to do so. And if you want to see what happens when you don't heal it, look at the news headlines. Look out into the world. We weren't taught how to do this. No one really taught us. And faith and spiritual traditions are kind of watered down. The goal has been to collect money and to gain a following. And so I'm presenting with you a certain number of tricks and tips and mechanisms by which to connect with your best self so that you can have a great life and so that you can avoid unnecessary pain and anguish. We were born into this world and there's no owner's manual. There's no instructions. If we're lucky, we get parents or a parent. But many of us don't even get that. And then we're thrown out into this hostile planet and everyone wants a piece. Everyone wants to take a part of you away. Everyone wants something from you. There's always a hidden cost, isn't there? And so it's only natural that our resentments grow. And out of self-survival, out of self-preservation techniques, we bury them, we suppress them. All these injustices, all these hurts. But like any vessel, we have our limit. We always have a limit. We have a breaking point. And for many of us, when we reach that limit or that breaking point, we make mistakes. We do horrible things. We say things we don't mean. We do things we wish we could take back. Many of us kind of 
shit the bed, so to speak. When all we needed to do was take care of ourselves. The problem, as I see it, is that no one is talking about this because no one really knows about this. And through 20 plus years of searching, digging, work, day in and day out, and through 15 plus years of practicing meditation and exploring the human mind, I've come across some pretty cool stuff that has transformed my life into what I want it to be. It's beyond anything that anyone can imagine. And yet, these things are so simple. And so my goal in this podcast is not to have followers, not to be popular, not to be liked, not to make money, but instead to just simply share, just to share some some tools with you. Because I think that uh, people could really use these tools. And these are simple tools. And the arena in which we practice these tools is the meditative state. It is the opposite of what most people do. Investors and traders, people that work in money markets, you can look this up. 90% of them lose money. In fact, it's really severe where people go broke really quick. In the money markets, 90% of professional investors and traders lose money Think about that. And so there's a rule. When you learn about trading, they say you have to do what only 5% of the people are doing to win. If you're doing what 90% of the people are doing, you're going to lose. Okay? And that rule is applied to life too. 90% of people lose life. They lose. And they lose big and they don't fulfill their dreams and they don't act in kindness and they don't help other people. They don't help the environment or this planet and they don't help themselves. 90% easy. And it's because they're all doing the same thing. It's by design. It's no happy accident. It's by design. And so what I'm advocating to you is to do what less than 5% of people are doing and to give yourself some exploration, explore your mind through meditation. These podcasts will increase in detail and tactic. I have a lot to offer and this is just the beginning. So thank you for listening. I hope you make it a great day.